You're listening to The Strut with Chili, TD, and Info Joe. When a practice comes to a close, the players know that anything can happen when Coach Bennett addresses the team. He has different moments with different days. You know, um, I guess he uh, he's just, you can't describe him as, as a person as a whole. You have to, you know, to describe him is to say his name. Coach Bennett is just coach. Coach Bennett is everywhere. And that, I mean, that's why I love him because you never know what he's going to do. And, and every day is a surprise with him. Every day. On this occasion, Bennett was asking his team to have the attribute of a certain kind of canine, a feist dog. I'm going to tell you what a feist can do. Feist get up on a pit bull's neck, pit bull done, pit bull done. You feist a nasty dog. Kids around the neighborhood. Don't like that fight when that fight gets in fight mode because you know what that fight is? It's like new kids on that. So what I'm telling you is when you come out here, I don't care how big and pretty you might look, you might be an offensive lineman. Well, you look good in the program. You open the program, I'm 6'5". I weigh 320. I'm 6'5", 320. You got any fights in your mouth? So I'm on my maybe my third or fourth attempt just to get these first couple of sentences right in this introduction for what you're about to hear. This is the first episode in what we're calling a walk through CCU football or coastal football, whatever you want to say. There's no official title. We're just walking through it. And, and there's no better way to start than talking to Coach Bennett. David Bennett was our head coach from day one, and he amassed a 56-35 and 35 record. While at Coastal, he was 24 and 13 in Big South Conference. He won numerous Big South championships, turned out players who went to the NFL, people like Tyler Thigpen, Jerome Simpson, Mike Tolbert, Josh Norman, just to name a few. But what we want to talk about is not just his stats, and he will tell you that he's more than just that that there's 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 so much substance to what coach Bennett says when you hear him talking and, and when he shares stories and when he talks about just in a loving way and the way coach Bennett talks about it it's different so I'm not going to belabor the point I'm just going to jump right into this because this is David Bennett he founded the program he was working a full year as the head coach at Coastal before we ever had any football whatsoever and TD will tell you that he because he was there from 02 to 06, Travis Downey was a player for David Bennett at Coastal. And he can attest to the fact that there's a lot of hard work. And you can hear the hard work in Coach Bennett's voice when he reflects on things that we ask him about. And we run the gamut. There's a lot of things we talk about because Coach Bennett has a lot to say. And that's what we like about it. So without any further ado, I'm going to go ahead and stop talking and let you hear what Coach Bennett has to say when we talk about things like uh, super safety is a topic, um, beginning the season, transitioning from Catawba to, to Coastal, his coaching tree and his legacy, and even the famous Hail to the Shots game when Ma Bennett, Coastal's number one fan, passed away before the Furman game. We go in depth with that. So I'm going to stop talking, and I'm going to let Coach Bennett do the talking. Without any further ado, here is our first episode of A Walk Through CCU Football, starring David Bennett. Welcome into the Strut Podcast. There's usually a, a good pop and circumstance before this, but this is our first one of the year, and uh, super excited to have my coach, Coach David Bennett, on joining us from the mountains. Now, Coach, are you in the mountains of South Carolina, North Carolina? Where are you at? Well, we're going to the mountains, but we're packing up and moving, so... Uh... We're still here in the Lexington, Columbia area. Oh, all okay. right. All right. All right. Well, mm -hmm. hey, welcome in. Uh, for those that we, before the recording started, uh, Coach Bennett was being classic Coach Bennett. He was telling me that I need to do a better job of upgrading the software and the hardware for the team. And he was giving Joe Cashin a hard time about being on time, being a military man. But, <laughs> hey, that's – that's classic coach for you right there. I mean, hey, he hit it right off the right off the bat, right off the get-go. And if I can jump in, Coach, it's Steve Childers. Um, we met years ago. I was part of the association. You recognize this as the most premier 
coastal tailgating group from a long time ago. And I'm just really mm-hmm. happy you didn't give me a hard time coming in because I'm laughing at Joe and Travis. So I appreciate you doing that, Coach. <laughs> You're welcome. But, hey, when we started football, there weren't that many tailgates. So don't get excited about being number one. <laughs> I stand corrected. Well, hey, <laughs> Coach, we appreciate the time to get on the podcast. And, and, again, over the last year, we've taken this thing from the ground up very similar to what you did with our program back in 2002 and, and, and then your, your 10 years in leadership. And, and we've, you know, we've taken a lot of those principles, whether me being a ball player that played for you and Joe's time with you and Chili being a fan as well. So we'll get right into it. I know the guys, when we were able to get you uh, confirmed to come on, they got real excited, real giddy. Everybody's got their own question, but the main thing is we want to say thank you for, for taking the time to come on the show from, from each of us individually. You're welcome. Well, having us on. Hey, absolutely. Well, first things first. So, uh, the Strut Podcast. Welcome in, Strut Podcast Nation. You know, we're we're not live right now, as you know, but what we're doing this year that's unique is we're commemorating 20 years of the program. And 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 look, the man that started it and got us uh, got us going is is on with us. And again, Coach David Bennett, my coach, who coached me for four years from 2002 to 2006. I was hoping you'd be able to join by by video. Cause I'm wearing my 2006 Iron Shot summer workout shirt, uh, <laughs> and I'm able to still fit in it somehow, thankfully. And uh, but we'll get right into it, Coach. Here's what we got the lineup to be: is is Chili, Joe, and I have uh, some topics, and they're all around uh, your time in leadership, some of the first games, some of the unique achievements and experiences that you as a coach had. And I think that's something that we want to make sure we get on record and ultimately commemorate and 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 we can't be where we are today as a a big time program like you said if we never would have had you and and the rest of the guys that i played with and and you coach so i look i've got one question but i'm gonna hold off but i'm gonna kick it over to joe and kick it over to chili to start it Coach, I'll wow. start off if that's okay joe you're go ahead, chill. Sorry. Yeah, go ahead. coach go ahead. i just want to start off with one that's um potentially comical but i want to get your take on this i made a list and uh my friends that are not coastal people give me a hard time about this about our program and i want to get your take on it what do you think about the teal turf (laughs) well how about this when we moved there and got started with it and we didn't even have a gun practice but i was telling somebody the other day they called about this article and i said I'll never forget we went from the Carolina Forest Band practice field, Conway Rec. Uh, we even went to a driving range, and Coach Danley, Jeff Danley, and I were on riding lawnmowers cutting the grass uh, to get ready for practice while the kids were doing stretch and warming up. And uh, our son, Jeb, who's smarter than the average bear, when he was five or six years old, he said, Daddy, wouldn't it be cool if we had a teal turf field? He said, boys, the states is blue. He said, ours could be teal. And so he said that when he was a little boy, which was that's about 20 years ago. And uh, I think it's great. I think anything you can do to trademark uh, your school and to be special and unique, I think it's worth, uh, worth doing. Coach, what were some of the challenges early on? I mean, I know about them because I was – you know, on the radio broadcast, and you, you you spoke of them a lot in terms of where you practiced, how you had to practice, you know, weight weight training facilities and all that kind of stuff. What were some of the things that maybe some of the fans now, you know, w- would have no idea what it was that you and your staff and, and, and players like Travis and, and all the, the, the originals, as I call them, had to go through back in the day? They called the OGs. Uh, <laughs> you know, we look back and – Travis will tell you, they had two and three to a locker. If, if you were only two in a locker, you were a pretty good player. If you had three in a locker, we wouldn't count. We thought you weren't going to help us a whole lot. Uh, <laughs> we were an old athletic department building, and I'm telling you, we they cleared the old Fowler farmland out there and mm. made some practices. We practiced on that intramural field that had some, like, gumbo clay underneath it. I was worried to death. I prayed hard every day because I can see Brian Keppel and Justin Landrum and Nick Johnson and them boys riding in the back of a truck to that driving range and their feet about dragging uh, the, the Dike Gum Road. 
and uh, she, we we were fortunate to get through and stay as healthy as we did and, and get through the beginning of coastal football. Sorry, I'm turning off this speaker right here by the pool. <laughs> I like it. Hanging out by the pool. That coach, wasn't that something y'all did? Um, that was something that was pretty neat. Uh, I remember that you would take the staff. Uh, was it a week or weekend before camp would start? You'd take the families and y'all would go somewhere. Speaking of being by a pool with a speaker, y'all would go somewhere as a group. And that was something that was real, uh, real vital with what you wanted to instill, not only in the coaches, but the team was uh, everybody was a big family, no matter what walk of life or what side of tracks you came from. And I can think of, you know, the, the challenges that, you know, some of our, some of your ball players and my teammates where they came from. And I can think of a handful right now that have come out to be stellar men. You know, I don't know why, but I think of uh, uh, Adrian Grady and a Tony Williams and a few others that, that, you know, that, that got in front of the team and talked about their stories and their hardships and who raised them and how they raised them and how tough it was. And, and ultimately teaching them to be gentlemen and, and, and grades first and family first and God first. And, and then football came after all that. So touch on, I guess, those two things. One, as a, as a staff where y'all go somewhere, and two, your vision of a program and how to change young men. Mm. Mm, that's a good one. Yeah. Now, shoot, I, I think at the end of the day, I mean, I mean, you only get to play football so long. You know, you get to be a husband and a father and a, and a good friend the rest of your life. So that's the main thing is recruit great. You know, it's just kind of like Clemson. They've had success, won a couple of national championships. They go after kids that are great players with great character. Mm. And if a kid comes from a home that he hadn't been raised like that, I think that's our job to help teach them to be great men. Because, you know, there'll be husbands and fathers, like I said. And so that's our number one priority. Now, you want to get them, you want them to be able to play a little bit. Now, you can't just go get a bunch of guys singing in the choir. Uh, I mean, you got to study them up, make sure they got some character. And if they got rough spots, you better address it before you bring them in. I'm going to tell you all this, hate to get off subject, but coaching today with a transfer portal and the NIL, are you kidding me? By all means, Coach, go ahead. Seriously, light it up because we're we're probably in the same. I'd love to hear your take on that. <laughs> I don't. I don't have much. I don't have all this time for that. But it drives me crazy. You already now get a stipend, right? They made it to where our kids got a stipend. I say our kids. So now you can go get an NIL and all these teams like Oklahoma State and Texas A and M are giving them twenty five and fifty thousand dollar deals just to sign. Uh, it's it's gone crazy. And uh, I just wish that the NIL money, kids, if they're good and they've got a great likeness and people love them and you're selling the jerseys or anything, memorabilia, they, they ought to get a little money, but it ought to go into a trust fund and they can get it when their eligibility is done or they go to the NFL. This deal's gotten crazy where a kid can be 19 years old and go get a million dollars from Bojangles and a million dollars from Dr. Pepper. They end up saying, I done made it. So uh, I think the NCAA went a little bit too far siding on the you know, side of our kids. But put it in a trust fund. Mm. Let them get it when they're done with playing. You always wanted to take the staff as a family somewhere and do that. I, and if you can mm -hmm. take a brief moment and touch on why that was so important prior to really starting the season off. Well, I tell you this, we called it a staff retreat. And, you know, there's an old saying that if mom ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. Y'all married, y'all know what I mean when I say mm -hmm, that. Mm -hmm. You want wife and mama to be happy. But uh, we would always do a little coaches and wives retreat before we got started because you know how it is. They weren't going to see as much of their husbands as they'd been seeing. So I wanted to take care of them, feed them nice, and just have a great time and let them relax. But I will share this too. One year uh, we met it. Uh, six in the morning rather than a normal eight o'clock or eight thirty. We normally meet at eight thirty, and the the beautiful thing about eight thirty is if you got young kids, you can help mama get them to school, do whatever she needs you to do. I don't know how strong mama is, you know. Some people have a strong mama, okay, mama, and some, you know. But anyway, uh, <laughs> you you take care of mama. But one year I said, God, I'm studying up, listening to other people talk at the clinic, and I said. 
they meet at six and they said they get so much work done between six and eight. So for that one year, we met at six o'clock in the morning and we did get a lot of work done between six and eight. The only problem with that, mama had steam coming out her nose. Oh, daddy done left early and left her with everything. So <laughs> it don't matter how much good football stuff you get done, you better take care of your house at home and take care of mom and take care of your family because I'm telling you, that's what we learned, that meeting at 6 in the morning might have been good for us, but it wasn't good for the family and us overall. Yeah, Fair point. I think I think that's a translatable lesson to just life in general. We all get wrapped up in our various professional careers. But uh, um, I know, that, again, something that we all have kind of a question that we want to ask you, Coach. I, I've got one, and then followed up by just kind of something funny that – it took me asking Ben Hampton one time, but I'll follow back up with you in a second. I want to go down the line here. I want to start with Chili. Chili being alum, I know that you've got a question for Coach. And, Coach, all this is geared around kind of that first year, right? That We want to educate folks. I know Joe's passionate about it. I am, and Chili is about making sure people understand the integrity of the program, the integrity of the young men, the integrity of the staff that you put together, that you recruited, that we were part of in our own special way. Chill is alum. Joe is broadcasting me as a student athlete that played for you. And I want to note it for the record, I was in a two-player locker to start off with. I was not in a three-player locker. You were okay. We thought you were okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember that. I remember that. And we were in the uh, uh, in that little office there in the athletic building. But, Chili, I want to start with you. You know, coming from that alum perspective, right. opportunity to talk to Coach. What's, what's, what was on your heart and your mind in regards to some questions and things you'd like to know? Coach, I want to go back to maybe the, the pre-beginning, like when you were coming from Catawba to Coastal, and you know you were coming to Coastal. Um, right. Can you, can you talk about some of the challenges that you knew you were stepping in and, and some things that kind of surprised you once you got in the position? And part two of my question is, once we got things rolling, did you feel like we had a lot of respect from the in-state FCS school in the beginning? Okay, I'm going to try to follow your question. All right, uh, we, uh, you know, we didn't have anything. I, I bought a football from Catawba for $40 to bring to the press conference. We had nothing. And Moose Kogel, who's the AD, had $150,000 for the first year. I said, $150,000? That won't even buy a helmet. And so we we didn't even have a practice field. We sure didn't have a stadium. Um but I knew this. We've been at a Division II school, Catawba College, and we've been very blessed. We won won a few football games and had a great staff, a bunch of phenomenal kids that could have played at Coastal. Matter of fact, two of them did, Maury Simpkins and Antoine Trice. Mm-hmm. Uh, we knew we had some – I said, why not take this Coastal Carolina job? I'm a South Carolinian. Uh, it's near the beach. Uh, can we not recruit great kids that are great players? and build something special. And so, you know, that's why we took the chance on it. And uh, we felt what you got to lose, you know, because if you make it pretty darn good, yeah, you've done a good thing. And now what was the second part of that question? I thought that was pretty interesting, the second part of your question. It was it was relationship to um, in the beginning year and years. Um, did you feel like we had a lot of respect from the in-state FCS schools that we played year in and year out? Well, I'll tell you this, to answer that question, we went around and visited, started at Citadel, Georgia, Southern, Furman, Walford, Appalachian State, Western Carolina. They all, you know, Coach Moore said, oh, we'll support you. And oh boy was leaving Western heading out. Guy was leaving Citadel heading to the pros. Uh, the, the bottom line is you needed that in-state support. And Bobby Lambert, Furman said, we'll support you. We got over to Walford, Coach Harris said, I ain't supporting you. I don't want y'all in this uh, Southern Conference because y'all are y'all are public. We're private, mm. and they thought that they thought the academics were lesser at state supported schools than they were at the private schools, which y'all know the case it usually isn't. But uh, we we were not going to get led in the Southern Conference because yeah, they knew how good Coastal uh, Carolina could be. I mean, it's just like getting Quentin Till and. Tyler Sigpin and all those guys, it's pretty easy to sell that you're going to be a starter. 
you, you have a good chance to be a Hall of Famer because you're going to be a four-year starter. And so the group of kids we got to come to Coastal to start it was really amazing if you just step back and look at it. You know, with, there were phenomenal kids across the board. But so many kids had a shot at the NFL right right off the bat because they wanted to come and be a start of something special and something from the beginning. That's a good that's a good point. Joe, I think you had something. Yeah, Coach. I know a lot of this is, you know, kind of centered around the first, you know, the 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 development year of two thousand two and then the first year on the field of 03. but I want to fast forward to one of one of my all-time favorite seasons of coastal football. This is the 20th season that I've you know been around it as a broadcaster, been you know very blessed to have been able to watch, you know, from start to finish the first game until now. That one of my favorite seasons, and I can count them on probably you know four or five fingers, maybe is 2005. You know, I, yeah. I, I always remember how fun that year was. And I'm you know the first 10 games, I'm not gonna talk, we're not gonna mention the last game, but the first 10 games were so much fun and really to me kind of showed the character of what was going on in the program at the time, because those kids and, and, and your coaches and you got that, you just didn't, you, you weren't going to lose. I mean, there were four games that year in the first 10 that went down either in the last 30 seconds or an overtime or something like that, that were just phenomenal. And you won every last one of them, you know, to get to mm-hmm. nine and one, we were just, you know, just winning weekend and week out. It was so much fun. What, what just, I, Curious. I don't know if I've ever asked you. What are some of your memories of that year and some of the you know the most fun games that you coached in that year? You talking about of the second year, the third year, oh five, three, four, five. All right, oh five. If I remember right, they put uh, Moose and them put us with a hammer schedule. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we had Madison game two, the defending yeah. champs. I mean, yeah. playing Furman and Walbert and Elon and. Uh, Georgia Southern, I'm like, what? He trying to get us fired around here? But uh, he put a tough schedule on us uh, in 05. But here's a couple of things I remember from that year. Beating James Madison. Because Mickey Matthews, who I'm good friends with, he came in, you know, with a big ego and talking about what kind of rinky-dink stadium y'all got here. I remember that. Mm-hmm. It wasn't what it is today. And so they just won the national championship. And, they were ranked number one in the nation. And, I, you know, we took that in a locker room before pregame. And he called us a Mickey Mouse program. And it was unbelievable. And y'all remember that win where uh, Jerome made that one-handed catch, I believe, was in that game. Sure and was. Yep. Ended up beating the number one team in the nation. Now, I will tell you this. The next week we go to App, and they were a mighty good football team. And we were a little too big for our britches. And they spiked us pretty good. But. Uh, they had heck. They won three national championships in a row. We were really close. We were really close, but we could have been phenomenal, I think. But that's as a coach and as a player, that's how you got to think, you know, through everything you do. And I tell you, what's lost in that game is how well the defense played, and also too, coach. We had Perry Parks on last year. You know, he's up at Charlotte. And I know you're proud of him, and, and he's he's done a great job in his coaching path and his career. And um, we talked to Perry about it. But people people also feel remember that old P. Parks from Sumter High School was the one that caught that, that game-winning touchdown in the back of the end zone. And mm-hmm. uh, and that was that was something special. But Jerome's catch um, and uh, the defense played well. I mean, it was, it was a memorable game that um, – you, you you shepherded us through that game, and I tell you what, that was again. I think the first two years, you know, we 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 garnered a lot of respect. But that game versus JMU to Joe's point, while I bring it up, that turned a lot of heads. And we also what we beat Furman that year, if I remember correctly, beat Furman that year. We beat South. South we beat South Carolina State, and that is one of the underrated wins I think in our history because we went over there. They were nationally ranked. We scored two touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Jerome caught the one with about seventeen seconds left. And, and, and Hope kicked the extra point to oh, win. No. I mean, oh, no. man, that was fun. It was hot, but it was fun. <laughs> that was seven seconds left, and we got homered over there that day. I don't. I can't believe we even. <laughs> I told Buddy Pugh, this like is, it is, coach. <laughs> I said this is ridiculous. I feel like I, I don't have any clothes on walking out of here. I mean, they kept calling us for all sides oh. and holding when I didn't see any of it going on. But anyway, that was a great win. Jerome made that. 
phenomenal catch, and Tyler threw it all the way across his body. He did. On fourth mm -hmm. down, that was a fourth down. It play. was a fourth and goal play. It sure was. Yep, yep. Well, hey, go back to that point, and it just dawned on me. Uh, I don't know who asked the, the point about They said they don't want to talk about the last game. I don't know if y'all know this, but in, let's see, 04, 05, so it had been 05, our third year. If we win that last game against Charleston Southern, uh, if we uh, hold on, let me knock his call off of here. If we win that game, we're gonna host Furman in the, the playoff. Yep, I yep. remember that talk going around. Sure was. And I loved to wear jeans and boots. People look at me like, "What are you wearing jeans and boots for?" Let me tell you something. Right around Ori County, there's some awesome people that wear jeans and boots. We want to take them all to Frisco, Texas, you understand? Well, I tell you what, I'd be mighty proud, mighty proud to be in Frisco, Texas, sporting this lady right here on my arm in my jeans and boots. You understand? And I'll take her and we'll walk right down and be as proud as anybody. <laughs> Coach, I want to ask you a question just to kind of about that a little bit. You've had a lot of guys who have come through the program that played for you that have now gone into coaching, and your coaching tree has some really strong roots right now. And, and there's guys out that played for you that are doing the coaching now. If you if you had a guy that was playing for you now that expressed an interest to go into coaching, what's some advice you'd give him? Hmm. Not John, hang on, son. <laughs> because – Right now, it's crazy, you know, with COVID and everything. But, and you know what's really pretty cool is after Mel's uh, celebration of life, the very next day, Jeb, Jeb got into teaching coaching. And he's in North Carolina at uh, Freedom High in Morganton, North Carolina. So, you know, I'm telling you, to me, coaching, teaching, it's not, it's not work. It's just a way of life. And I wish more great kids would go into it because I'm telling you, you get probably probably way more back than you give. Because you're giving, you're one guy, but look at all those guys that you get to give into. So it's uh, coaching, teaching coaching is it's an awesome way of life. Coach, I want to ask you about <laughs> Jerome Simpson. When we played that 2003 season, it took, if I remember correctly, it was our 10th game before we threw a touchdown pass. <laughs> I mean, we had game? You thought, you, which I, year? The first year? The first year, 03. I think it was a Davidson game. Yeah. And, yep. and the next year, Jerome comes on campus. I, I want to know, what did – what did I, obviously, you'd seen him on film. You knew what, how good he was. But, I mean, when you saw him on person, saw him in person on the practice field, and then that first game against Moorhead State, you know, when I, I'm like, he, he catches two touchdowns. It's like, oh, 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 we, we got something here. What What were your thoughts? Because I I'm, I tell people to this day that I, I, you know, I arguably through 19 seasons, that kid's that that kid's the best football player I've I've seen come through the program, even to right now as we speak right now. What What did you think when you saw him and it's watched him perform? I said, dude's a freak. I mean. <laughs> When you listen, guys, when you measure from thumb to pinky, you look at your hand. Y'all all look at your hand. From your pinky to your thumb, how far you think it is? That's a great question. I how far do y'all think it is? NFL scouts do this. Measure from your pinky to your thumb and stretch them out. Coach, I'm guessing maybe five, six inches. I'd say four, five, six, maybe. <laughs> maybe seven. You know what? Do y'all know what Jerome was from pinky to thumb? Twelve. Eleven and a half. Wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that dude could fly and jump. You know, he won he won some big south long jump and high mm -hmm. jump event. We I had a buddy reach out to me about him, East Carolina. Had him on his visit. Curtis Walker was recruiting him, doing a great job and we knew the uh, Coach Teague, the head coach there at Reedsville High, really well, which helped us. You know, again, it's all about relationships at the end of the day. And so 
Curtis gets a call that after his East Carolina visit, they forced him to commit. If you don't commit, we're pulling the offer. You know how some schools try that. And mm-hmm. so uh, he says, I'm not committing. I'm going to make one or two more visits. So we heard that it happened. I remember calling Billy Alford with A&I Fire and Water Restoration. I knew he had a king air. He flew us straight to go see Jerome. His mama worked in the mill. And we told him how much we would love to take care of him. And, and he could be a Hall of Famer and be a four-year starter. You're not going behind anybody. But we don't have anybody like you. <laughs> so his mama, we hugged her. We walked out the door. He committed before we walked out the door. And then East Carolina and a lot of others came back in on him. But he'd already given his word. And Curtis did a great job driving them home after their official visit and stayed in the hotel in the snow there in Reedsville, North Carolina. So there are a lot of behind-the-scenes things that people don't really know, you know, what goes on. But Jerome was kind of a freak. I, for a while, I want to say, and Travis, you might know this, he uh, he had the NFL record for standing brawl jump. Yeah. I, I want to say standing brawl for him was like 22-6 or something. I'm like, I don't know what it was. Y'all probably look it up and Google it up, but Jerome was a heck of an athlete. <laughs> Coach, I got to this in. I was sitting next to Coach Spock doing pass Skelly. And for those listening, that's where, you know, basically seven on seven, if you will. And we were doing pass Skelly. And Jerome – you know, we were we were doing drills. I drove I drove Jerome around probably for about the first week because he, he didn't he, his car wasn't there or something. Going on. I told him wherever you need to go, man, I'll, I'll take you. And it was about day four of being in full pads. We're doing Pascal, and he ran a square in, fellas. He ran straight up twelve to fifteen yard square, and I, I think he only took coach about two steps to get there. It felt like, and he he hit that thing on a dime. Tyler lasered a ball into him. I think I've told Joe and Chili this before. And nobody had ever outrun Tyler Thickpin's cannon for an arm uh, to that point. He caught that ball, if you remember this coach, a stride behind him, cut up in one step, and went all the way for a touchdown to Pascal. I immediately looked at Coach Five and said, Coach, should I go onto the hands team? Should I go? Like, where would you like for me to go next? Because I just realized my playing time diminished greatly, rapidly when I saw that. Special. Oh, man. Special ball player. I just Googled it. It was 11 feet, four inches on the standing broad jump, coach. That's, 11? That's insane, man. That, that is insane. And it said, according to the article, that Julio Jones from Alabama was 11-3 when he went through the combine. So, Jerome beat Julio Jones. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. (laughs) Pretty good. Chill, you have a question? Yeah, I muted the mic for a second. Um, Coach, um, in terms of like – we got a lot of people, as you know – over the last couple of years who have become new Coastal Carolina fans. Um, and I think if anybody needs to answer this question, it's you, is what's a, what should some of the new fans know about the previous, the early years, the first years coming into their new Coastal fandom? Tons of new students are coming in. Um, Coastal's getting recognition you know, all over the place now. But what's something you wish they knew coming into their new fandom and their new, you know, being a student and all that kind of stuff. I just say, you know, it takes a little while to grow, to do what uh, I think the Coastal's done. It's, uh, it takes a lot of courage to go up, you know, to be a G5 school from an FCS school. Uh, Coastal was way younger than, say, uh, uh, James Madison, who's just now doing it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, happened Georgia Southern did it. So, I think it takes a lot of courage to do that, but I just hope we laid a good foundation, and I think we did. You know, we wanted to build it on integrity and hard work and, uh, you know, being old blue-collar guys and getting kids from North Carolina, South Carolina, and Georgia, and that's the only places we need to go. Yeah, I don't think you got to go too far, but, uh, you know, we won a few championships, and, you know, our goal was to win the national championship. I thought, I swear, I always thought that we could have won the FCS. Uh, but uh, it's, 
you know, you, you keep striving every year to, to go, but I think Coastal has reached a good point, but I will say this to, to y'all and all the listeners and everybody that's Coastal, it ain't there yet. It ain't there yet. Uh, keep pushing, make it to where you got a, where you got a problem to even add on to the stadium even more and that you can beat a South Carolina and we beat Clemson. Appalachian State did that. We ain't done that yet. So we don't need to rest on our laurels and say we're there. We're not there yet. The vision is to continue on and to be great rather, rather than just oh, pretty good. Coach, I just want to follow up with a quick statement, if that's okay with you, that um, some years ago, my father approached you about speaking at our church, and you came out to Dogwood Hill Baptist Church out between Loris, Tabor City, and Green Sea. And one of the things that you were saying then, and I, I love that you said it again, was you know about building that strong foundation and, and hearing you talk about your faith still, and it's awesome. And you even gave me an autograph. And it was a signed copy of the uh, the Sun News after they had printed out the they're handing out the uh, I guess the articles about the first coastal win, Shant's win, and you had signed it, build a strong foundation, David Bennett. And when I started my coaching career, I'm an assistant principal now, but when I started my coaching career, my team slogan I stole from you because it was on the front of the helmets that said believe. And everywhere mm-hmm. I've ever coached. In my school's colors, I've always had believe up in my locker room and that kind of stuff. So I love to hear you talk about that kind of stuff because, Coach, you have always been consistent and been on point with the message you're trying to get across. And I think after that question I asked you and hearing you say that stuff all over again, it just makes me more fired up to, to be able to talk to you as well as talk about where we were and where we're going at the same time. And I appreciate you staying that, Coach. You're welcome. Appreciate you. Joe, do you have something for Coach? Coach, I'm going to go to the uh, 2006 season and the hail of the Shants game. That was one that was so emotional. It had to be I, – I can't imagine what it must have been like for you as Ma passed away early in that week. And I'll never forget seeing her on the field at Winston-Salem State, the game right before Furman. And, I, and, and you know, her, her just being there was just amazing to me. And then – you know, she you know passed away early in the week, and then we had the Furman game, and all the emotion of that week, and and the how the, how the kids came together, and just just if you would just talk a little bit about that, and and kind of what you felt, and and getting through that game, and then you know Coastal with a big win over a third ranked Furman team. I thought they were number two, man. You sure they were number three? I uh, they, they were, they were up there close. They were one, two, three. Yeah, they were they were they were really good. I would be happy to do that for you, Coach. No, I think there were two in one pole and three in the other. But, yeah, you know, it's uh, pretty powerful when all the kids, you know, got on buses and came to uh, Ma's funeral. Yeah. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you what gets you now. We roll in there on Saturday uh, for the devotion, and everybody's wearing a T-shirt. And they put Coastal's number one fan, Ma Bennett, and I went, oh, boy, it's going to be tough. Ooh, it's going to be a tough day. But anyway, you know, you got to keep moving forward through it. And uh, Furman had a really good football team. If I remember, we knocked the quarterback out. Mm-hmm. I want to say it was Ingle Martin. And uh, was he still there? Uh, some of y'all gurus in there that know all these stats. <laughs> yeah, coach, I know the Sorrels kid came in. I can't remember who it was. But no, 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 no. Dakota Derrick came in. Now, come on. Get your story right. I'm From looking at them now, Coach. They were number three when we played them. Okay. In one poll, two in the other. But go gotcha. ahead. Fair enough. <laughs> but I'm, I swear Dakota Derrick came in. And – uh Anyway, we won that ball game. Furman, I thought that we had two or three in the nation. So, you know, we had some good wins, but it's pretty emotional that your mama passes away at your house. And uh, I got to spend about an hour with her the night before. And I'm telling you all, we take her, we take every day for granted. And and we really don't need to. She uh, she said she was the number one Shots fan. I'll tell you what, you know, you talk about cool stories. Uh, Ren Munga, who worked there in facilities the year, after she passed, he went down in the corner of the end zone 
and did a teal outline in white thing that she always said all the time, hail to the shots. And uh, it, in her handwriting, he painted it in her handwriting uh, for every home game that year. I thought that was, that was pretty cool. I remember that. I remember that coach. That was, uh, that was down by the, um, the university boulevards. Beckley, was it not? I think it was. That was, that was cool. Um, I, I tell you what, it's the, the transformation, um, where I have my kids, who my daughter's thirteen and my son's seven. I got a two year old now, and 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 I have to show them where Daddy's locker room, which is I think now a training room, or something else, <laughs> and, and show them that. And then it's interesting you touch base. You, you highlighted the the driving range, which by the way now there's eighteen foot pine trees on it, and uh, so, <laughs> and never never fails. Um, the one thing I am happy that has changed since uh, you left the program was we can't go two and a half hours in the morning, hour and a half in a <clears throat> special teams practice in the middle of the day, and then a two and a half hour practice at the end. Um, I, that's one. That's one change that happened. I think going into what? Um, <laughs> I'm so glad that changed. <laughs> Listen, Woo! you should have been. Hey, you should have been back in the nineties. <laughs> Back in the nineties, you could go three a day for ten days. It didn't you could go as long as you wanted. Oof. So you you always went early in the morning, went and ate breakfast, took a shower, met, went out for a special things practice in the middle of the day, went back, ate, rested, showered, come down, went out again. It was three times a day. There was no limit. You go three a day for twenty days. I can I, I can I can hear Coach James right now. Hard but as fell. If you don't like it, quit. No, he said if you don't like it, join the band. Yeah, join the band. It was always <laughs> something. He always had some some little thing. That was too funny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but man. Well, so we're kinda I won't say we're getting down to the end of it. I don't want to cut it too too short, but uh, something that we enjoy doing is always kind of, again, just going back and reflecting on that. So I tell you what, in, in, in those first years, you and the staff and the guys that played with me and after uh, or after the, the, my senior class, they did lay a foundation. They made the foundation, um, and, it, and it never shown so personally through to me until, you know, we beat BYU. Um, and there must have been – I was on one text message thread. I was on, I told Joe Chill this, I was on 17 different text message threads with uh, the OGs, the old guys that played here. I mean, everybody was texting and, and Facebook. And I mean, it was, that was, um, we couldn't have got there. And Joe and Chill and I've talked about it. We couldn't have got there if it wasn't for what you and the staff did back in, in really 01. People think 02 is, is, this, is the birth of the program, but really the, the work started in, in 01. Would it did, and you know, you think about it. You talk about our coaching staff, and everybody, but you know, the community needs to take pride in it too. You know, Bruce Stewart and I went around and got cars for our coaches and cars for. I think Gilly's the only one had a car, and I don't. I think it was a rental. Uh, Sean Dockin and we and phones from Mike Hag and Brent Groom to help make it a legitimate athletic department, and so. You know, uh, the whole community got behind it and helped it have a great foundation. Yeah. I think it's which enables it to be where it is today. Agree. And where it's going. And where it's going. I think we all wholeheartedly agree with that, Coach. No doubt about it. No, no, no questions. Joe Chili, thoughts, comments, follow up. No, I couldn't agree more because you know, having I graduated from Coastal '95, Coach, and we we would sit around the student center. And talk about, you know, what game are we going to watch on Saturday? And then a friend of mine and I would say, well, if we had football here at Coastal, we may never graduate because it's just a great place to be. And then you add football. So we, you know, we talked about it all the time. And when I got to go back to that very first game, and my brother was a student at the time, had a few classes with some of the players. Um, it's just I couldn't get a grasp because I remember walking in and my first impression of going to a Coastal football game walking into the into Brook Stadium was just seeing the big Hooters balloon 
<laughs> where yeah. where yeah. the batting cage is now. Yeah, and Travis. Mr. Brooks on the field, you know, pregame, all that kind of stuff. I know Travis, you and Coach were probably in the back, you know, pregame and whatnot. But from the fan perspective and from the student perspective, for me, you know, being that proud alum that I am now, I still can smell the the, the grass when you walk into the stadium. I can still hear the drum line, you know, playing. And I still remember that rush I felt. I know, Travis, I know you and Coach had to feel some kind of rush running out of that field for, for the first time. But for me, having dreamed of having football at my university, and Coach, you made it happen. And so I'll never forget that as long as I lived that first game. I still got Polaroids and other pictures of that game. I've got – I'm that old, Travis. Quit laughing at me. Polaroids, Lord. That's right. That's right. But I still got those, Coach, and I still look at them. You know, in that first game, we uh... – Somebody mentioned it earlier, but the, we didn't throw the first touchdown pass till Davidson game nine, and it was to Brandon Jeffcoat, our tight end. Yeah, that's right. But uh, that, that game against Newberry, we spread them out, and they kept thinking we are going to throw the ball, and we kept running draw and quarterback draw and draw and quarterback draw because uh, we were so young, we weren't that good. We couldn't throw the ball that way and catch it. So we just kept running the draw all the way down the field and scored, and then I'll, I'll tell you, old Moose Kogel saved my mom because as the goalpost got torn down by the students, uh, he he covered my mom where it hit him in the back, and he got a big bruise across his back. So, you know, there's some great memories from starting football at Coastal. And I always thought just the bringing of the smaller communities, you know, the Loris and the Green Sea and the Floyds and the uh, – bringing them from all over, Aner, everybody, even, no matter where you went to school, you can adopt Coastal because they're the local school. Well, Coach, you, you did that in a unique way. And what I mean by that is, is today, here we are 20 years later, and there's young men attracted to this program coming from small communities, just like the employees. They're just coming from small communities across this country. We couldn't get here today if it wasn't for the work that was put in 20 years ago. Joe, Joe's just alerted us. We're down about the last few minutes of, of, of the podcast here, but um, I'll, I'll say this. Is there anything, Chili Joe, y'all got left? If not, I was going to give Coach the floor, if you will, before we, we sign off. I, I just want to say, Coach, thanks so much for jumping on with us and spending this hour with us. I mean, this has just been fantastic. I mean, we started talking about Coastal Carolina football. It started, you know, started with you. Started with what you did and your vision and your staff and your players back, you know, twenty plus years ago. And I just, I'm so excited that, you know, when we confirmed that you were going to come on, I was just fired up about it. You know, I mean, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be a twenty year anniversary without you having you on to, to you know, talk about some of the great memories and just again from from me and all these guys. I. Me personally, just thank you for joining us. Thank you, Joe. I appreciate you driving all them times from Camden. <laughs> Which I still do. <laughs> I know. I know you. Chili? Yeah, just real quick, Coach. The th only thing I can really say is just thank you. Um, from time to time, I still go back to YouTube and still watch the uh, pregame speech before Newberry, and I still feel like I'm, I'm, I wish I could have played for you, Coach. I, I, I was a wasn't even a very good high school football player. And I, if you had come to my house, I, yes, I'm going to Coastal no matter what, Coach. It's just everything you say is motivational. And I just – I heard that speech. I played it a few times. I even play it once a year before our games now. I'm a Coastal football fan and nerd, and I just appreciate you, Coach. I appreciate it. And, uh, you know, I was just given a great opportunity. Uh, coastal, it, it's hard to mess it up, really. You know, if you try to mess it up, maybe you can mess it up. But Coastal's awesome place and awesome location. And uh, we just felt like it could be really special. And I think it's become pretty special, but it can uh, go on to the next level. You you can't ever be satisfied with, with what you've done. That's right. Well, Coach, uh, Look, for everything you did in my life as a young man, and, and even though I didn't have to go very far from home and the lessons you taught me, I'm, I'm always grateful and appreciative of it. And it was great to see you back at the gala this year, uh, this past spring. And, and uh, 
And look, you're welcome to come on the, the Strut Podcast anytime. You're, hey, look, you you always have an invitation if you ever want to come on here. We're gonna we're gonna get you again more times. Yeah, y'all y'all call me if you have some cancellations. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear the David Bennett podcast now. This is this would be great, Coach. Come anytime you want to come back. Man, just... Look here, I ain't doing none of that stuff. I'll come on with y'all, but I ain't starting none of that. But uh, <laughs> seriously, y'all upgrade that equipment, Travis. Let's go. Hey. I think it's too funny. Hey, we'll have to get we'll have to get Coach on next time to talk about when he grew up and he's telling stories about how he got in trouble around the around near the church and got thrown into I think it was like a, a pricker bush and and all the stories he used to tell us in camp and uh and 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 being a four sport athlete and, and it was it was good times. But hey, um Chili Joe, we're gonna wrap it up right here from everybody that listens to this truck podcast. Look, this is a great kickoff to the twentieth year of Coastal Carolina football. The special moments that we're going to have in 2022 could not find their way into your hearts and your minds if it were not for Coach David Bennett, his staff, and the ball players. I was fortunate enough to be around and not only being a – so I'm very fortunate Coach didn't do it to me. But, again, Joe, Chili, anything before we sign off? I'm good. All good. Yep. All right. Coach Bennett, appreciate it. Hey, safe travels on the move. Look forward to catching up with you in the future. Even if we don't have a cancellation, we're still going to give you a shout. Look here, we'll see y'all soon. Uh, they got the 20th reunion of the first team against right. Cardinal Webb. So, hope to see you there. Yep. Absolutely. We'll be there. Hey, I'd be remiss if I didn't say, uh, Jill Kingston told me, hey, if you're alumni, uh, former letter winner of the program, go to the Shants Up app and, and sign in. They'd be a very appreciative of it. And, and that way we can get all the guys that play from Coach Bennett from day one to present day on that. So, again, thank you for everything, Coach. Appreciate it. Joe, Chili, y'all ready to sign off? Well, yep. glad I reminded you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> y'all be good. Thanks. Yep. Thanks, Coach. Thank you, Coach. See you. All right.